0: Global Broadcasting Networks presents Coach Talk Radio. Create the time, money, and lifestyle you want with tips, tricks, and techniques that get you started today from some of the best Internet minds in the business. Now here are your hosts, Internet brand strategist Sandra Beck,
1: This is Sandra Beck, and I've got such an interesting show today. We're going to be meeting with Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer, and they are the authors of a book called Return to Sex and Intimacy for Cancer Survivors and Their Partners. And before you tune out and say, well, my partner doesn't have cancer, we're really talking about when health impacts your relationship and some of the bad habits that we've brought in our relationships over long-term uh periods of time and how they kind of manifest to really kill or reduce intimacy and uh Jacqueline Lopez is an expert in advanced human sexuality intimacy and relationships and she is the co-developer of this groundbreaking sexual operating system model of human intimacy and her partner Michael Russer is an international speaker author and thought leader who Was also clinically impotent due to prostate cancer. Now, where most would consider this a tragedy, he has turned it into a triumph. And he and Jacqueline have created this amazing outstanding book that is good for anyone who is having relationship and intimacy issues. Impotency aside, we all age, we all have times in our lives where we are not at peak physical performance and we have to adjust. And if you want to be with your partner long-term, these are the two people you should listen to because they are Two of the most fantastic people I've known. Uh, gosh, I've known Michael for probably a quarter of a century, and I've I met Jacqueline through Michael. And I can tell you with my own eyes, spending time with them, spending a weekend with them, I have watched them negotiate, argue, make up, make love. I mean, I haven't watched that part, but but <laughs> <laughs> they are talking to each other. In a way that I sit there and I'm not envious of it. I'm desirous of it. I want to have that with my partner, which is why I bring them to the air today. I don't know how you guys can recover from that kind of glowing recommendation, but you guys have my absolute and utmost trust and respect for what we're going to talk about today.
2: I, I'm still so I'm still
3: appreciate the opportunity to be with your audience. Oh
2: Sandra. absolutely and I'm still recovering from the watching us make love thing i,
3: I, I <laughs> because it, you know it takes two to four hours for us to to do the process yeah. of, of love making. We don't do the quickie quickie doesn't doesn't compute now dictionary when it comes to making love. Well, and the one thing I've
1: noticed with you, and you know, there was, when I married my ex-husband, my, I don't know, it was my mother-in-law or my sister-in-law or one of the, the great aunts said something to to me and my ex-husband. They said, if you want to have sex on Saturday, you better start making love on Tuesday. And that mm-hmm. always struck with me. And I know the making love is always a euphemism for sex, but I see you guys make love all day long, with the kindness you show each other, with the the attention you, you give each other, you look each other in the eyes. You're not buried in the paper and somebody's doing this. When we work on the computer together, I will tell you guys, Jackie and Michael stand right next to each other, like shoulder to shoulder. There's none of that weirdness. Like as a single mother, people invite me into their households a lot. You know, they like me, but I think they feel sorry for me too. I don't know. But I'm always the buffer in a lot of these relationships. And they'll put me in between husband and wife. They'll sit me between husband and wife. And when I see Jacqueline and Michael together, I'm off to the side. I'm off of Jackie's shoulder or I'm off of Michael's shoulder. And that was one of the most visual representations to me that this couple is connected.
3: Yeah. And last night, it's funny you say that, Sandra. Last night we have, um, you know, a millennial uh, having dinner with us. He's a um, uh, event organizer here in Santa Barbara, and he said the same thing. And we never, we, I mean, I personally wasn't aware of it. I, I thought that was like normal. I mean, in my prior uh, marriage, marriage, though, it wasn't quite like that, but since I met Michael, I mean, we always just together and doing things and very close. The connection is there. But until last night when Forrest repeated like, I don't know, he said like four times, I'm thinking, really? We, actually, people are observing and we are making an impact because here's the thing, Sandra. We wrote this book, but you know what? Uh, I think by being an example, by behaving in certain way is even more powerful than writing a book and, and articles about it. It's about behaving, it's by being congruent with in your own behavior, by being connected, by showing up the way you are authentically with that person. Because it's very easy for me to write an article how great our relationship is, but you know, if you actually see it when you meet with us, that that's really more relevant. So when Forrest, sweetie, last, yes. last night when Forrest said, I know, I, I like, like that was the most uh, impactful thing that of, of that I, I received from him because he's a 24 year old, um, you know, millennial. You know how the millennials are, you know, burying their cell phone. But he is a very conscious young man, and he said it in such a way that wow, I stop and I look at him and I say, yeah. I, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, boom, it like, hit me. You have to behave and you have to be connected in real, real world, not just write about it or say it. Just be.
2: You know, another example, Sandra, is, uh, as you know, Jacqueline and I go out dancing every weekend and <clears throat> always to live music. And... It's so funny because we are often the only ones dancing in in the most crowded of bars or places where they have this live music. And we don't just dance. I mean, we're kind of oblivious to the crowd. I mean, and if if the mood comes over us, we'll stand there just embracing and kissing each other, often for a long period of time. (laughs) And then we'll look at each other going... Oh, I wonder how many people are looking at us.
4: <laughs>
1: well, and people who see you are. would think that you guys are having an affair. Like yeah. that's the one thing that that I really <clears throat> noticed is that you have. When my friends have had affairs on their husbands or wives, and I see that they're they're young and they're fun and they're free and they're energetic, that's what both of you remind me of. Now, I I want to thank Smile uh, Direct Club today for graciously sponsoring our show and making today's show uh, possible and if you don't know smile direct club they are a company that believe you shouldn't have to pay a fortune to get a smile you will love and they will straighten and brighten most smiles for 70 percent less than other aligners and braces now I'm using them. So that's why I can talk with authenticity. Um, Smile direct aligners are already affordable. Like I said, they're 70% off less than some other brands and braces, but you could save even more with an insurance policy or an FSA. And so you want to check with your dental insurance plans to reimburse, um, to see if you can get reimbursed for a portion of the cost of these invisible aligners and smile direct club accepts FSAs. Now there's two easy ways to pay. The single pay is a single payment of $1700 and the lab costs are waived. And now just so you know, other invisible aligners can cost up to $5000 on average. My 13-year-old son, his were 7500. Um you can take advantage of smile pay. It's only $250 down in 99 month for Seventeen months, a total of nineteen thirty-three. There's no credit check required, and you can get started with this at-home impression kit for only ninety-five dollars, and it's covered by our smile guarantee. So if the aligners aren't a good fit for you, you get your money back. And so with this special offer today, you get to save fifty percent on this evaluation cost. And now you can go to the Smile Shop and then go to. Uh, SmileDirectClub.com and look where the smile shops are. If they're in your area, you can go in and get a preview of your future smile. And SmileDirectClub uses this proprietary cutting-edge technology to help you avoid the inconvenience and cost of monthly office visits to your dentist and orthodontist, which cuts the cost up to 70%. They use board-certified, state-licensed dentists and orthodontists within the SmileDirectClub network, and they are involved in the entire process to assess and prescribe remote treatment. Treatment time average is six months, but can range from three to 10 months. And this is a great solution. Now for me, like my son needed really extensive dental worth. He's missing a tooth. He needs an implant. So this didn't work for him, but it worked for me because I had braces. I stopped wearing braces in my twenties and now in my forties, My teeth are shifting on the bottom. It makes it very hard for me to floss and clean in between my teeth. And one of my teeth is falling back. So I really, I try to smile without showing my, like, lower teeth, which is is frustrating. So... They sent me this, this kit, and you you mix up this Play-Doh stuff, and you put it in a tray and push it on your teeth, and you make these impressions, and you send them in. It's really quite easy, and the kids and I had a lot of fun with it. So if you want to try this out and you want to save 50% off the cost of Smile Direct Club's at-home impression kit, visit SmileDirectClub.com and use the promo code MOTHERHOOD, just like the show MOTHERHOOD, and now this is unavailable in North Carolina. So all terms and conditions apply. Go ahead and check out SmileDirectClub.com and um, get 50% off the cost of the Smile Direct Club at-home impression kit. It's super fun, and I can't wait to have my super great smile and You will hear about me in months to come about how this is working. Now, I'm going to go back to Michael and Jackie uh, for a minute here before we go to commercial break. Michael, what is one thing that people need to know about your impotency experience and how it affected your book?
2: Well, well, it's the basis for the whole book. Uh, You know, for most men, it's the world. Worst tragedy. I've had men tell me they'd rather die than have it. I've had men treat me as if I was uh, contagious. Yet, if we, if I had not had that condition, there would be no book. And we'll, we can get into that more after the next after the next break. But that's absolutely the truth. Uh, it what it did is it ended up short circuiting what we call the default sexual operating system, which impacts uh, nearly every aspect of intimate relationships, and ultimately causes conflict on the road, almost inevitably. And so that short-circuited that, and that allowed us to um, have the foundation for the relationship that we have today, uh, because... Um, Why don't uh, you explain what
3: is a sexual operating system? Well, we know, we'll, we'll get that after we'll get the back. break. Oh, right. Yeah, we'll be
1: after the break.
0: Never heard. I was reading an article that said 16% of employers have fired employees for calling in sick with teradittles and fake excuses. Career Builder's annual study reveals some of the most outrageous excuses workers have given when calling in sick. One employer called in because he thought he had won the lottery. Another employee said the chemicals in his turkey sandwich made him fall asleep, so he missed his shift. Now, there's a fimble-famble or a poor excuse if I ever heard one. One person said a swarm of bees kept him from getting into his car, and another called in sick because they couldn't decide what to wear. Then again, some excuses are a little more inventive, like the cat had synchronous diaphragmatic flutter or singletus, otherwise known as the hiccups.
5: It, it's marginally.
0: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words.
1: here with Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer and we are talking about intimacy and we're talking about how to get what they have I have visual visual proof I stayed in their home I've been friends with this couple for ages and they are fun. They have fun. They enjoy their lives. And are they the richest, most successful, most beautiful people in the world? No, they're not. They are to me. But but if you look on a piece of paper, you would go, well, these guys got some challenges. You know, mm-hmm. Jacqueline, where did you
3: originate? You came from South America. Did you come- I came from South America with a broken English. Um, I, I have to start all over again. I was a CPA in my country, and I, I came here without... Anything really? I had to start, you know, as a bookkeeper uh, from the bottom up. You know, start from scratch. Uh, after I, you know, I, I was a big shot in, in South America. I came here. I was, I was nobody. I had to start from ground zero. And I became an entrepreneur and I own businesses. Uh, and I cannot be more happy than than my current life, uh, being an author and being on the stage with Michael is the 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 most amazing uh, ride. I I so far, it's been an, an amazing adventure to, to be on the stage, helping people to realize that they don't have to add anything, buy anything new. They have everything in themselves. They just have to uh, uh, reveal, you know, broke the break the the, the walls and, and allow themselves to, in the case of women, to become feminine and sexy and, and sensual and not, not feel shame about their body, their desires. I mean... And you don't have to get anything. You have to buy anything. I mean, these are, we come equipped with an, an, an amazing body, yet we cover it all up with, with, with clothing, with luxury. And we are, I mean, society is so unhappy. So we are here today and to, uh, with Michael, to tell people it doesn't have to be that way.
1: Well, Jackie, let me ask you a question because I've had two kids and, you know, I'm over 40. So things aren't where they were when I was 20. And, you know, when you talk about feeling sexy, I think for a lot of women, how do you get comfortable in your body if you're not a size zero? If you're if the girls are not, you know, where they used to be on your rib cage and they're now down like closer to your belly button. I mean, do and we're going to go to Michael and ask this. Mm -hmm. Does that
3: really matter? No, it doesn't, because it's not about the size of your body. We comes in different colors, shapes, and forms in this world. Um, some women are just, you know, they have big bones, and I'm, I'm petite, I'm small. And, you know, there were times when I wish I was taller, and I, there were times I wish I had blue eyes, and there were times I wish I, I was a blonde. I am not. I have, I have brown, brown uh, hair. Uh, I have brown eyes. Uh, I'm short. But you know what? I work with it. I mean, this is, this is the equipment I, I was born with. And instead of lamenting that I'm not blonde, I don't have a blue eyes, I just surrender to what is and work with it in terms of uh, what kind of clothing can I wear that enhance my natural beauty? What kind of uh, uh, wardrobe I can acquire to feel sexy? It doesn't have to be something all transparent that shows my belly, for instance. Why do you want to go there? Well, maybe you have a beautiful hair. Well, cover up your body and work with your hair. If your hair sucks, go down to your toe. You have a beautiful feet. You have an amazing legs and work with that part. You see, instead of focusing on what you don't have and what what missing you know make like a a ledger what are the beautiful uh, features that i have and i'm going to work with those things you know what i mean that you have your beautiful voice well maybe you you want to sing to your boyfriend your husband you know maybe you are uh, you you can do a play or you can dance I mean, just feel sexy and you don't have to show everything and and, and put the light, the light doesn't have to be all on. You can be in the dark. You can still be dancing and singing. If you don't feel comfortable with your body, the point is don't focus on what you don't have, but cultivate the things that you were given as a gift. Whatever is in your body, we are all beautiful. We are really, truly all beautiful. We just don't see it that way because we all want what other one is greener on the other side, always greener in the other side of the fence. Right. And and, and I, I invite people to think the other way around where you you are beautiful and you 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 make a, a you know, like a, a like a checklist. What are the things that in your body that are absolutely extraordinary that you can work with? You know, you have a beautiful hip. Some people hate their hip. some people have a a thick leg. Well, don't go there. I mean, look for some other things that in your body nobody else has it. and your your boyfriend or your husband fell in love with that part of you. So, why do you focus on some other other things that somebody else has? I mean, if I if I just sit here and I lament that I I, I don't have a blonde hair, I mean, what good where where would that take me? Nowhere. I would just feel sorry for myself and and Take me nowhere. So I I choose. It really is a choice. You choose what to do with with your time and your life. You want to be happy or unhappy. And it's up to you. It's up to people.
1: Michael, I'd love to hear your perspective on how women view their bodies. And I'm sure men do, too, but I can't talk on behalf of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. men, uh, I don't think they're as body focused. Uh, maybe when they're younger, you know, they try to get buff and everything. But a lot of men, and I'm starting in their thirties, unfortunately now, they kind of let themselves go. And that's another whole topic. There's a distinction between what we were born with and then letting ourselves go. And um one of the things that Jacqueline and I do is we constantly work on ourselves so we feel good about ourselves with whatever we're given, as she said, but also so that the parts of us that were, that are attractive to our mate uh, are, are, you know, shine. And so we both are very cognizant of that. And that leads into, you know, what women should be focusing on. First of all, I, I can tell you from a man's perspective not all men have the same idea as to what they find attractive. I can tell you right now that there are features, physical features of women, that a lot of men find attractive. I don't, and like vice a versa. Big
3: breasts. For yeah, instance. like
2: big breasts are not attractive to me. Mm-hmm. They just not. It's not a big turn My and I, I read once years ago that it has to do with. The size of your mother's breasts. Well, my mother had a double mastectomy and and uh, before I was born. And so there was no breastfeeding, there was no breast, period. And um uh and I love Jacquelines. I mean, they're perfect, absolutely perfect, and uh for me. And so it it's it's really not only being as she said, not only accepting who you are and accentuating the parts of you that you really like, but also Um, being very particular about who a potential mate may be uh, so that they accept those same, they find those same qualities as as attractive as the woman does. Uh, Because if that compatibility is not there, then there's likely to be problems.
1: Jacqueline, when you met Michael, what was the thing that attracted to you most about him?
3: His scent. Oh.
1: Not his. I mean, that's so interesting to me because, you know, like Michael's handsome. Michael's funny. Michael's articulate. He's well read. He's literate. He's he's, you know, wealthy. He's he's got he's got a successful track record. I mean, he's he's got a great body. I mean, I could list off like 10 other things and I never would have come up with his scent.
2: That's a good reason and mm-hmm. there's a really big reason behind mm-hmm. that. Uh and and it and it has to do actually there's some science behind this, Sandra.
3: We women are equipped to <clears throat> determine our the perfect mate for uh for upbringing for, the, for children. offspring, yes.
2: Yes, yeah, so basically uh, according to some studies, uh, women in particular are very sensitive to this, but it also happens with men as well. For example, I'm just absolutely turned on by Jacqueline's natural scent. Uh, and, and so what happens is, is that, uh, particularly in women, they subconsciously will, will smell uh, a man's scent, and they're the genes that encode uh, for the immune system uh, if they're sufficiently different than a potential mate uh, in a certain way, then that when they pair up and have children, the children are likely to have a broader spectrum of, of uh, and, and stronger immune system. So it's again, it all boils down to the survival of the species and, and you know, the procreative imperative. And what's interesting, and this is the study they did, mm-hmm. what's so interesting is they found that women who are on birth control. Their sense of smell for a potential mate is completely, in some cases, the opposite of what it would be off birth control. So what we teach women is, is that before you start sniffing for a new mate, get off the pill pill. and then determine. Because we've actually heard cases where women uh, paired up with a man while they were on birth control and they decided to go go off and they ended up hating the guy's guts. I mean, it just, yeah, yeah, it's it's very powerful. This is very visceral. Very ancient wiring, so to speak.
1: So now, what do we do though if we're already married and you know we're off the birth control pill, and then we we've got the person you know that we're like, ooh, not going to work. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, divorce them. <laughs> go away. <laughs> use your two legs and turn around and go away. <laughs> Maybe that's a good good thing. Yeah, you, that you know, can do it's, it's gets that's a hard,
2: hard one. That's a hard one to answer uh, because <clears throat> so many. Couples come together for so many of the wrong reasons. Well,
3: um, Doug, his girlfriend dropped him. Dropped him. Yeah, Yeah. a friend of ours just dropped him like
2: a like a uh, like a hot potato once she got off birth control. Yeah, And he said, and I quote, "Yeah, she hated my guts after she got off birth control." (laughs) 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 But he's in a good relationship now. Uh, As to what people do, I mean, we can't tell people to you know take a hike or anything. But it's it's uh, it is a powerful. Influence on the success or lack of success in a relationship. It just later show you or not. how
3: our body are equipped to even to determine who is the perfect match for yes, us. Yes,
5: yes, absolutely. Wow.
3: All right, I'm going to take us to commercial
1: break. We're visiting today <clears throat> with Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer. They are the authors of "Return to Sex and Intimacy for Cancer Survivors and Their Partners." And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about communicating feelings because I come from a very German background, and it's not the easiest thing in the world for me to communicate my feelings i've gotten better at it but i've had to learn how to do this and i think i'm probably not the only one on the planet so you're going to want to hear more about this when we come back from the break
0: National Chocolate Month. Historians say the Aztecs discovered chocolate 3,100 years ago, and it was revered to the point of worship. The word chocolate comes from the Aztec word chocolato, which referred to the bitter spicy drink the Aztecs made from the cacao beans. The first chocolate bar was invented in 1847 by Joseph Fry. Did you know that it takes one year for a cacao tree to produce enough pods to make 10 chocolate bars? The scientific name for the tree that chocolate comes from, Theobroma cacao, means food of the gods. Man cannot live by chocolate alone, but we women sure can. Personally, I could give up chocolate. But I'm not a quitter.
5: It's words you never heard.
0: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny
5: for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
4: Resistance exercise is crucial to keeping your bones strong and dense. It is still important that we get sufficient amounts of calcium through eating and supplements. Children ages 9 through 18 need 1,300 milligrams of calcium a day, while adults up to 50 need 1,000 milligrams, and adults over 50 need 1,200 milligrams a day. One cup of milk or fortified orange juice has about 300 milligrams of calcium. Other good choices are yogurt, cheese, oatmeal, and salmon. When taking a pill or chew of calcium, be sure to couple it with vitamin D to help with the absorption. It is estimated that in the U.S., 55% of men and 78% of women over the age of 20 do not get enough calcium in their diets. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com.
1: is sandra beck and i'm here with jacqueline lopez and michael russer authors of return to sex and intimacy for cancer survivors and their partners now i want to share um i want to share a memory with these two i was at their house in santa barbara and uh we were i think we were at jacqueline's house and uh But we were all sitting around, and my kids were there, and and we were just having the greatest time, and Michael asked Jackie something, and then Jackie said, no, you know, this is not what I want, and blah, 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 and Michael said, well, this is what I want, blah, 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 and it kind of went back and forth, and I thought to myself on the couch, like, ooh, are they going to have an argument, are they going to have a fight, (laughs) and... It never escalated to that, but they kept volleying back and forth until each of them got, they got to a point of mutual satisfaction. It was something about like what route you guys were going to walk. You were going to walk down the beach or take down the kids to the beach. There was something going on like that. But Jackie, you had one thing in mind and Michael, you had another thing in mind. But but after that, neither of you sulked. You both Got to the point where you communicated clearly. I could tell you listened to each other, mm. and you resolved it. You came to a, a a solution that wasn't, you know, I it wasn't the perfect thing that either of one you initially wanted, but you got to a point. You came together. You and then you went and had a great time, and that was really interesting to me. Mm. Interesting.
3: Well, um, that's interesting because I don't remember. Yeah, that. I can't remember. Yeah, that Yeah, because but... we 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 always see. Uh, I think partnership is is a constant negotiation. You have to you you have to give and take, give and take. You know you have to uh, position your viewpoint about something, and but you have to be gentle with the other person instead of you know screaming and 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 trying to, to just to always be right. Uh, you listen to that other person uh, instead of you just talking, 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 and not listening. So you listen. So you take turns. I'm listening you. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling your pain or whatever that discussion might be. And it's all about in being, uh, you know, present for that person. And and I think that that that's what make our, the dynamic of our discussion that ends up in in a negotiation that satisfies both both parts.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> we talk about. You know, intimacy being a deep abiding connection that can happen at the emotional, sexual and even spiritual level. And the foundation for true intimacy, that level of connection, which is very, very strong with with um, Jacqueline and I is uh, uh, starts out with authenticity, which means uh, showing up exactly who you are, warts and all and saying your truth, even if it means potentially hurting the feelings of your partner. We're going to come back to that. Then there's uh, vulnerability, which simply means the willingness to feel everything emotionally, including the things that don't feel good. Mm -hmm. So no numbing allowed. And then finally, and perhaps most importantly, a willingness to be heart open, which means simply tearing down the walls that when wounding happens, our egos tend to put up barriers around our heart, which then shuts down all connection right there. So those three things; those are the those are the requisite uh, states that we, we need to be in in order to have this happen. But there's that there's something else. If we didn't have what we call a yeah,
3: when you say hurting feeling, that's what we're going to talk about. That's and what that we're going to talk
2: about. Yeah, because think about
3: the word hurting my feeling or hurting his feeling. <clears throat> that's right. Very very common. It's an theme. important
2: distinction, yeah. and if we didn't have a we have this this safety net that allows us to have these very authentic and often potentially when i say hurtful it it it, it stings our egos mm-hmm. a little bit and that that safety net is a context we're not saying it's true it just happens to be extraordinarily empowering for us and we're living proof of it that we don't see ourselves as our voice in our head or our ego which is uh, we call that the the false self the manifestation our, of the neural net in our brain that sort of our thing
3: personality.
1: Yeah,
2: our personality yeah personality who we see ourselves as is our heart, metaphorically speaking, with a capital H, as our true essence that's that always gives and receives love unconditionally, regardless of circumstances. And uh, with that sense of um, Sep- and
3: separate, you, separate that your,
2: your heart far from your... the ego, you can see that any wounding, any hurt feelings, any kind of reason, anything that is a negative or a charge. Really, is in the realm of the ego. The heart of our true essence is is just watching it happen, yeah. and so that allows us. That gives us the the uh, the freedom uh, of really living and being authentic, even if it means you know hurting the other person's feelings. I, it was a it was an interesting uh, exchange that Jacqueline and I had uh, one night after we came back from dancing, and she's looking at me and she's just kind of staring at my face, going. <sighs> Oh my God, you're you're so your face is so handsome. Mm-hmm. Of course, my chest is puffing out. And and she says, then she went and said, Why didn't I realize that before? And and then I, of course, I stepped into my first stupid follow-up question. And I said, Well, what did you think of my face before? And she goes, Hmm, not so much. <laughs>
3: oh, I'm going,
2: ow. Ow, ow,
3: ow. I was being honest. <laughs> she really was being
2: honest. And now, I understand.
3: If, if, if the other person didn't, uh, if Michael didn't use this tool, he would be trashed and he would be hurt. And I'd he, be shut and down. He, yeah, yeah. he'd probably show me the door and say, see you later. <laughs> yeah, or
2: it would, it would have really ruined the night. But it, yeah, I exactly. understood what was going on. My ego was having a, you know, just having a conniption fit. But my heart's going, hey, she told the truth. And I also, in the clarity of that thinking, I also realized Jacqueline is the kind of woman. Uh, who would not be with a man she did not find attractive, period. She doesn't need to be. She's a very attractive woman. And so I realized that was not an issue. It was just my ego. But that safety net, I have to tell you, Sandra, that, that context of the heart versus the ego, that if you see any magic in our, in our relationship, it is largely because of that that has freed us up. And, you know, I've written articles about it. It's in the book. And we've had people push back and say, what are you talking about? If, you know, of, of course my, uh, he broke my heart and I can feel it and all that. And I said, no, you just broke your ego. Right. You trashed your ego. Right. That right there, that context is if anybody, if anybody listening is picking up anything from this, this show today, that, that one context, thing, right. That yeah. one thing will absolutely transform your relationship.
3: Don't take it personally. In other words. Yes.
2: Don't take it personally. It's just the ego.
1: Well, or it's just right. I mean, one of the things that used to drive my ex-husband batty was I would tell him just the way it is, just the way I thought. And you know, my thinking isn't always correct. You know, if he had asked me that same question, I probably would have answered just like Jackie. Like, I don't know, I don't really, I don't really look at you that way. I don't really think about you that way. You know, because you're more like to me, Michael. Like, you're more than just a pretty face. You know, you've got all yeah, these other
4: characteristics. Exactly.
1: So why That's would right. I? On that, and Jacqueline's answer was spot on because she thinks about all the, the the hundred other qualities, other
3: attributes. Yeah,
1: yeah, you can't think of all of them at once, and so Jacqueline was actually, I think, paying you the highest compliment, which means she saw you more deeply than just a pretty face.
2: Yes, and you that's another it. topic, by the way. That's another. <laughs> we we're just but talking the, about. here's this. the
3: thing: people are not used to honesty. People have a hard time accepting that the the truth. It's 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 very uh, threatening for them to listen something, and it, it's, it's hard. I don't know, Michael, if you if you why people have such a hard time because um, Sandra, you probably have the same issue with people. They cannot stand that you'd say what you're thinking they want you to make up a story and and because that's what our society is used to you know making up story and not telling the truth
2: yeah what they feel yeah i think the 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 impetus behind that is if you go back again because we see everything from a procreative imperative and survival imperative uh one of those two and Um, you know, when we're young, very, very, very young kids, we're not able to take care of ourselves. So we depended on our parents and our siblings and our school system, Just whatever. What I mean. And we could not tell the difference between existential physical threat and emotional threat. We collapsed the two and, and most people bring that collapsed notion into adulthood. So any kind of an emotional threat or sense of non-acceptance mm-hmm. or something that could be interpreted as non-acceptance, which can happen when you're telling the truth about something yeah. because not you're no one's perfect.
3: And you feel the fear of abandonment, and ostracized, ostracized, ostracize, ostracize.
2: abandonment, and and so and. So with, we
3: want to be liked by people, so we tell them what they want to hear.
2: Right, exactly, and which basically will is set you up for major problems and down the line. We
3: continue like that in our relationship, and and it's creating havoc in people's relationship because they're not honest with each other.
2: Right. It's a well, And slope. I think
3: there's a difference, you know, I think,
1: you know, and I saw this in the, you know, like the evolution of my marriage and my divorce, I could tell the difference between after the fact unintentional hurting and intention to hurt, you know, there's a yeah. different <laughs> energy attached yeah. to it. And, uh, you know, part of me thinks about, you know, I shared a room with my brother for a while. And boy, you really want to learn a lot about men grow up with one in the room with you. And, you He had the bunk bed above me and I had the lower bunk. And, yeah, I used to kick his bunk to make him wake up at night just because. Um, (laughs) But I could see how differently we communicated. And because I spent more time with my brothers than with my sisters, I think I learned to be very direct and communicate. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was the man was made. I don't know. But when I look at people, I can see that they're trying not to hurt my feelings. And I'm like, look, just say it. Just say it. I'm not going to fall
3: apart. I'm ready. I mean, I I I am I, I can take it. Yeah.
1: Right, but in yeah. this era of political correctness, and I I know people are trying to be kind, but the kindest thing you can do for me is tell me the truth. That's right.
2: Yes. That yes. Yes. You
3: can yeah. write an article about that, Sandra. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the kindest thing you can do for me is tell, tell me, me the, the
2: truth. truth. That's a great title mm-hmm. for an article. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, well feel free to 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 to, to, to with run it. with it. <laughs>
1: Uh-huh. You know, well, because it is, it's like, if if you don't want to be with me, if you don't want to date me, if you don't want to talk to me, it might sting a little bit at first, but it's going to sting a lot less than if I spent a week, you know, thinking about you and imagining our next date or things like that, or you're a husband and wife and I dress up really nice and, and you don't like. You know, whatever it is I'm wearing or you hate that color or you hate that perfume, you know, tell me because my ego isn't wrapped up in all these things. It's they're things we do. And I think that's that's like as we explore these feelings and we go into the next segment, um, I want to talk a little bit about this, because just because Jack Jacqueline likes uh, green tops and I like blue tops. Doesn't make green tops or blue tops any more or less valuable. And if Michael likes purple, well, then we all got to get on the same page to figure out what each other likes, needs and wants. And we'll be back with that after the
4: break.
5: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
4: Living longer is a common byproduct of a healthy lifestyle, of daily exercise and low-calorie, nutritious eating. Living a long life where you're able to be here and enjoy your loved ones is certainly an important prize. But the biggest reward for living a healthy life is greater well-being. Not only do you want to live long, you want to live well. Feeling good, having a positive outlook on life and increased energy are worthy goals and totally within your reach. No matter where you are today, no matter what the state of your health or energy level, you can take action now to make positive steps towards living a healthy life. Exercise gives you a better viewpoint and, frankly, makes your life better live an active life, and see your well-being soar. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
0: It's heard. Okay, ladies, listen up. Did you know recent studies are suggesting that women with skinny waists but sizable hips are smarter than other women? scientists at the University of Pittsburgh and the University of California gave cognitive tests to a group of 16,000 women and girls of different body types and found the women with the greatest hip to waist proportions scored higher. Hmm, I guess that would make me a walking encyclopedia Britannica. Now, hold on, that doesn't mean it's okay for us to be a powder pigeon. That's another name for a woman whose sizable hips can take up a whole supermarket aisle. Research suggests that the fat around fuller hips and thighs holds higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids, which helps the brain. I'm not sure if I would rather be able to do the Sunday crossword puzzle or get into those jeans I bought 10 years ago.
5: It's
0: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Too funny for words Take care of it.
1: This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer, authors of Return to Sex and Intimacy for Cancer Survivors and Their Partners. You can check them out and get a copy on Amazon if you liked what you heard today. Now, we were talking about feelings and communicating, in a lot of marriages, my own included, there were times where we didn't communicate at all, and we grew further, further apart. And as a uh, no big spoiler at the end here, we are divorced. Um, But one of the things that I found out about myself, Michael and Jacqueline, was that who I was in my 20s was very different than who I was in my 40s. And Part of what I did was invest so fully into my company, into my career, into my children, into my family, and there was really no room left for me. And there were times when I would do these, like, Dr. Phil books, Family first, you know, some of these different books, and they would ask me the question, like, who are you and what do you want? And it was always blank for me because I was all these things to all these other people and entities. The last person I knew about was myself. And I think that's got to be a really hard person to be married to.
3: Mm -hmm. It's so true, Sandra, because that's exactly how I felt a few years ago when I was in a prior marriage and even before that when I was younger. I really didn't know who I was. I wasn't able to find myself. Only until I went uh, through the the dark night of the soul, I hit bottom um, emotionally, uh, you can call it financially, you can call it uh, in in any way where I start reading books. You know, most of the books that I I put my hands on, Eastern philosophies, and I like one of them, uh, Eckhart Tolle, and I really learn about myself. What do I really want? Who I want to be? And then because you cannot uh, start um, a communication with other people, other human beings, if you don't know who you are, you have to know yourself first. Know thyself first to be able to have a communication with other human beings. So until I got I reached that that peak of um, in my growth as a person, I mean, I wasn't ready for Michael. I mean, I was a mess. Period. I just was a mess. So I needed to fix my act and I did it. That's that. I think a lot of people struggle with that. They say, I, I don't have a good communication with my, my kids. I don't have a good communication with my parents, blah, blah, blah. But I wonder if they ever question, who are you? What do you want? What are you looking for out of life? And I bet you it's blank. It's nothing. They don't even know. So how can you have a good communication with other people if you don't know yourself first? What do you think, Michael?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, for me, and Sandra, you know this story, but <clears throat> I, I was a very driven individual most of my adult life, multi, you know, serial entrepreneur and all that sort of thing. And uh, despite years of therapy and going into my childhood, you know, everybody's got a childhood. Everybody's got wounding and, and some worse than others, some way worse than others. I finally realized it had nothing to do with my past. It was, I was just, my biggest problem was that I was putting up barriers in front of my heart, thinking I was protecting myself when all I was doing is protecting my ego. That one realization changed everything. I mean, it literally shifted my perspective, of what the world was about and who I was overnight. I mean, it was that dramatic. And you witnessed it because I know you. I did. I had front
1: row seats.
2: Yes, you had front row seats and it's like, and everybody that had known me for decades suddenly said, who are you and what'd you do with Michael? And what they don't realize is that the real Michael finally emerged. I have a, I have a a picture of me and I use this in in our talks. When we speak to uh, any audience, actually, I have a picture of me when I was four months old. There is when you look at that picture, there is absolutely nothing in front of this little guy's heart. And I, I, I have this up on my wall to remind me that's who I am, that the, we all come into the world that way. We all come into the world without the wounds. And uh, and, and so one of the things we we teach people is, look, as, as Jacqueline said, You need to find out who you are and find out determining who you are. is First of all, it's not about acquiring anything. It's not even about learning anything new. It is about um, it is about letting go of everything you thought was going to protect you when all it did is, um, you know, uh, basically make you feel dead inside.
1: Well, I think all of us have been in, at times in our life, have been in either relationships or friendships or uh, positions and companies or company owners where they just felt dead, uninspired, unmotivated, just going through the motions. You get up and you just do it. And that's a really painful place to be.
2: And it's certainly no place to have a relationship. That's for sure. And because you, you, you can't connect with anybody. You can't even connect with yourself. And I was in that same place, and I, I had a very successful career, an extremely successful career, as a as a technology speaker. But uh, I, I was so dead inside; I couldn't connect with my wife and kids. I couldn't connect with anybody. I didn't have any male friends, I, I, I and mean, it's just it was a mess. And it was all due to one thing, and that was the fear of removing the barriers in front of my heart, thinking it was protecting me when what it was doing was preventing me from really, truly knowing who I was, and, and connecting with other people at a very deep level.
1: So Jackie, you talked about reading, Michael, what did you do? How did you how do you how do you connect with yourself?
2: Well, I connect with myself again, realizing that I'm not my ego. Again, I cannot stress I that enough. So
3: the mankind project. What's oh well, the mankind
2: project. Pro- yeah, I, I went through the mankind project. I, I mean, even after that transformation, I still had a problem with men because of my upbringing, and uh, I, d- I had no male friends, and I I didn't trust men. And by the way, this is a fairly common thing, and uh, among men in our in our current society. And someone told me about this group called the Mankind Project, and they have this thing called the New Warrior Training Adventure, which is a transformational three-day weekend thing. And I, said, I just said, sure, yes, I'll try it. I was saying yes to everything at that point. I had no idea what it was. All I know is that by the end of that 48 hours, I came out with the ability to uh, have deep bonding and emotional connection with men just as i am with women and it 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 absolutely transformed my view of the rest of the species and if i hadn't gone through that because i honestly believe you can't love with just half a heart it's either all or nothing and uh if if i hadn't done that i don't think jacqueline and i would be together now because i would i always be struggling around men and it would it would pull on our relationship, and not in a good way. And he also,
3: you have to read uh, the same type of. Books. Oh, I read. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Eckhart Tolle and uh, you Rumi. know Rumi and and uh, just and this one really. Tao
3: Te Ching.
2: Yeah, Tao Te Ching and 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 then there's this one book called Das Energy, which is a little. Oh my God, this guy wrote it in the 70s. and he was so far ahead of his time. So yeah, so and and then you know we meditate and and we which puts us in the present. That's the other thing. Um, to get to know yourself, you need to learn how to be comfortable in the present moment, which means by definition, not in your head and, uh, not, not no, no agendas, no expectations, no distractions, and just be the observer. And you get in touch with who you really are, your true essence of who you are. And, and, and once you do that, you'll see just how wonderful each of us are, how amazing we are as human beings. And we all have this. Even the worst of us uh, in, on this planet have that capability. And we really believe that anything we see negative out there, or anything we, decide, we, we, we label as evil is really the misdirection of the ego.
3: Yeah, but people have to be very strong to do that because our society conspired for us to be uh, still. Yeah. Uh, everything in our society conspire for us to be distracted. Yes. There's a you know a strong uh, industrial complex of entertainment. That is available for us the tv the cell phone facebook uh sport uh even even you know just going for hiking people become like uh, crazy about going hiking because they can't stand still
2: right so they substitute doing and distraction Mm -hmm. for being in the moment and they're wondering why they, they they have no clue who they are and why they can't really deeply connect with people and it's we call this in the book uh, the 21st century soma from uh, you know, Aldous Huxley's Brave Brave New World, uh, and uh, soma in, in that novel was was something that the authoritarian government used to, you know, basically placate the population. It was pleasurable, and it just they wouldn't you know they wouldn't uh, challenge what was going on. And uh, distraction truly is the 21st century version of soma.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I look at these elements of distraction that you mentioned, you know, the Internet, the, you know, different television, Netflix, voodoo. I mean, we've we've got entertainment at any turn and what it allows people to do. And I've used this. It allows you to distract yourself from the problems, distract yourself from the Mm -hmm. issues and anesthetize yourself from really what's going on. No different than drugs and alcohol. It's just a choice.
3: That's, that's right, right. and yeah. and, it, and
2: it creates the same internal uh, neurochemical state as well. It, it's a, it it's a, a dopamine, dopamine release constantly,
3: yeah. so you are constantly stimulated. So you keep—I mean—you are addicted to these things.
2: Yeah, but there's a part of us. Here's the difference, though. There is the part of us, the true part of us, that knows the truth, and that's where the that's where the Achen anxiety to, comes in. It's wake, aching to, to really be authentic, really be you know aware and present. And when people feel anxious, it is. Um, that is, that's usually the cause.
1: Well, and that's where you got to get to. You know, Mm -hmm. what I found is whatever, whenever I feel that, you know, and I won't say I'm the best at being in touch with my feelings, but when I feel something and it's a twinge, instead of going away, burying it, you know, anesthetizing it, watching TV, eating something, calling a friend, doing anything I can to distract it, I sit with it for a minute and go, okay, Mm -hmm. well, what am I feeling? I'm feeling sad. Well, why am I feeling sad? My Uncle Gary had a stroke. Well, of course you're going to feel sad, so let's just sit with that feeling, and that feeling will last about, you know, a minute and a half. And then it'll pass, and then it'll go Mm -hmm. away, and it will still come up again and again, but I don't bury it anymore. I actually take a second to sit with it and figure out what's going on with me, because... I matter, and just like both of you matter, and you guys have one of the best relationships. If I could hold anyone up to a standard, I would hold myself up to you. And I encourage everybody out there to get a copy of their book, Return to Sex and Intimacy for Cancer Survivors and Their Partners, and listen to their radio show, The Intimacy Connection Talk Show. On behalf of Jackie Jacqueline Lopez, Michael Russer, and myself, we'll be back again next week with another great show on Coach Talk Radio.
0: Thank you for listening. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques from Coach Talk Radio.